0: Hey, all you nature nerds, this is You're Gonna Die Out There.
1: Hey, Jen. Hi, Megan. Oh my gosh. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. This has been such a great week. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah. How many cups of coffee? Celsius, whatever. A lot. Let me yeah. just tell you,
1: but we were there. We're right. in the final stretch. Oh, man, you
0: guys. Episode three, part three of it, our three-parter. It's here. It's here.
1: You've made it. You You've made arrived it. to part three of the trilogy. Man, congratulations. Thank you. It's you know. been It's been interesting. So one thing I realized is that, you know, for our podcast, we say when humans and nature collide, this is, I mean, the humans are in nature. Yes, this is true. But nature didn't do shit to them. Yeah. It's really just human, Human. crazy ass humans Humans killing innocent, nice humans. Colliding. And they're colliding in the nature. So, you know, we took it off a little bit, a little off to the left, but it's okay because it's interesting. Yeah. And I think it's good to know. Maybe not so many people know that much about the, the Appalachian Trail and they don't know the history. And we did in part true. one, we covered some of the the history of the trail. And we've talked about a lot of the cool people that decide to hike the whole thing or even portions of it. And, you know, this is just a, a yeah. little bit more of history. And, um, you know, for those who enjoy true crime, here you go. Because we won't do it all the time. We won't do this all the time. No, we won't. For sure. But we'll throw it in here and there. Yeah.
0: Because it's, we love it. It's, yeah. It's, I mean, just, we don't love it, but we're fascinated by it's it. It's
1: fascinating yeah. and it's interesting. And yeah, it's something that I felt like would be cool to do in the beginning, but uh, probably not for a while when we have another true crime or yeah. other weird, you know, crazy stuff that we're going to talk about.
0: I think at the end of this episode, our plan is to uh, do what we usually do at the beginning, which is like update you on some stuff because we have a listener email to share.
1: What? Well, that
0: was really good. Thank you. Yeah, I want to share that so bad. And so we're going to, but we're going to do it at the end because we want to get straight into it. I know we're two minutes in so far. Oh my God. Do you think we could really start the story <laughs> It's within it, the first five minutes? There are like three listeners right now, like do it. Yeah. Do it right now. So well, I guess we'll... Benther, Benther,
1: Benther. <laughs>
0: Here we go. Okay.
1: Let's just get started. Let's get started. The last case that we covered... Do you remember, Megan?
0: It was Lolly, Julie and their sweet, sweet dog. Taj. Taj. Yeah. Who did not die.
1: Did not but die. But they
0: sadly did.
1: They sadly and did. it was horrible. Unsolved. Right. It's still under yeah. investigation. still unsolved. Although I think people, one of the suspects that we talked about, I think people still are, Feeling, I don't want to say what, what my opinion is, right, but yeah. I know there's other people that have stated that um, they feel like it is probably one of the suspects. Yeah. We're not here to slam or anyone we're not we're not i'm just saying what i read that's it yeah yeah. that's all i'm doing and it's up to the fbi and the local law enforcement and everybody to continue doing what they do and catch whoever in their sweet suits yeah especially the the national park service they get really awesome the hat. yes and the whole thing, I'm I'm all for it. Not gonna lie, I've always wanted a ranger outfit. Well, I kind of had one because I, I did work for one of the federal um, <laughs> agencies that you get a snifty uniform, but I wasn't law enforcement, right? But you still got the brown. I still had some brown stuff brown going and on. Green. It was kind of yeah. Oh god. It so it good. was. I wasn't into it, but I like <laughs> it on other people. Not myself, but I didn't have to think about what I had to wear every day. That's the glory. Yeah, it is. It's real nice. When I used in college, when I worked at an animal hospital, I wore scrubs every day, and I loved it. It's like PJs. They are so (laughs) so good. (laughs) Anyway, let's get to our number. So we've done six stories so far. This is number seven. And how many? We have ten stories total. Right. Twelve deaths. Twelve deaths. So right now we've already had. Four
0: survivors, nine dead, mm-hmm. and one sweet dog Taj. Poor Taj. Yeah, go check out our Instagram. They're all listed on there.
1: Yes, everything you'll and you'll find all the. I put some photos and some links,
0: mm-hmm. and also all of your references are on our website. I couldn't fit them in the Instagram. It was like a lot. So, but you should definitely check out all of Jen's references. So good.
1: So how many did we say so far? Hold on, nine. Okay, and uh, we took a little break there for a second. Had to do some math. We going to do some math. It's hard. Oh, hard math. So, so actually, there is an update. <laughs> I originally said there were twelve murders, but because that's what a, most of the sites say. But I think there was one that they weren't counting that I added in right. to this because other places I found it. Yeah. So I'm gonna update that. Unfortunately, that number is thirteen. So that's you know, a- and I think because not all of these were actually hiking the trail, but they were found near or around. So we're putting those in. So actually we have 13. Um,
0: That's a real unlucky number.
1: It is. Well, and really, this
0: is just, again,
1: another ear gift to everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Bonus. uh, Uh, Bonus. True crime story. At least, you know, we'll cover it all. I, like I said, originally I had seen 11, then I saw 12, and then I added in this other one. And then I have a couple of two other extra little short updates on some, just some other interesting stuff that happened on the trail. But okay. All right. So we're starting um, with the next murder that occurred. So the last one was Lolly and Julie, and that was in 1996. Cool. And unsolved. And if you look up more on these, you'll find more. I just, man, I tried my best to fit as much in as I could. Yeah. So now we're jumping ahead to 2001. This is the story of Louise Chapeau, and I hope I'm saying that right. She was French Canadian. Well, Chapeau, Jen. The I mean, I only know like some words in French, but Chapeau
0: is you know your hat. Oh, in French, fancy. Yeah, like a beret.
1: Nice. Oui, oui. Wee
0: oui, wee. Oui. Ha ha ha. <laughs> Sorry.
1: <laughs> okay. So um, Louise was killed in New Hampshire. So she was a 52 year old self employed psychologist who she loved outdoors. She was an avid hiker and she was particularly fond of the Mount Washington Valley. She lived in Canada, but she Mm -hmm. would cross over and do hikes and, you know, do all kinds of stuff. So she usually would go with a friend and she had planned this trip with a friend, but they canceled on her uh, at the last minute. So she ended up going alone. On November 15th, 2001, she drove from Sherbrooke, Quebec to Pinkham's Grant, where she reserved a room at the Joe Dodge Lodge. <laughs> that? Joe Dodge Lodge. I want to go there. <laughs> I know, right? So that's at the Appalachian Mountain Club Visitor Center or in that area. Yeah. So she was going there for a long weekend in the mountains. Her daughter in an article she had at the time, I think her daughters were, I want to say 10 and there was like teenager and then a little bit of a younger one, her older mm-hmm. daughter we met, recalled telling her, be safe, don't make things dangerous, which I'm sure this is kind of <laughs> translated. And her mom told her, don't be afraid, I'll be okay. And if I'm not coming back by Monday, call the police. But, you know, it was like a joke. <laughs> right. you know? Her daughter was like, yeah, yeah. And they kind of laughed about but it. But
0: they said it in French.
1: They said it in French, 100%. So the last day she was documented, seen alive, was mm-hmm. crossing from the United States-Canada border at Norton, Vermont at 1145 a.m. And again, this is on November 15th. Shortly after that, at 12.50 p.m., a credit card receipt showed that she stopped at a pick-quick. Convenience store in Colebrook, and then after that, she was seen at the Appalachian Mountain Club speaking to a clerk, and he recalled this conversation that she was asking for directions to a short hike because it was already three o'clock, yeah. and she just wanted to do something quick, you know, and then go back to her hotel and then do a longer hike well, the it's next day, November. And it's November, the, but you know. Well, she's from Canada. They they're used to it the, the cold.
0: She's probably wearing shorts and some Tevas.
1: <laughs> she's like, I don't care. This is warm. <laughs> the clerk suggested that she do a short walk around Lost Pond Trail. I don't know what it is. What's with these ponds, names, Jen? I Dismal. Dismal Creek. Dead Woman. Dead Woman Hollow. Yeah. Dead Woman Hollow. <laughs> Anyway, we're only going to take trails that are like happy time trail yeah. or you're going to be great trail. You'll survive. <laughs> <laughs> so, those are the only ones we're going to take. And that that trail just started right across the street from the lodge and it was a quick one. It was like more of a walk, right. like a meander, if you will, not really mm-hmm. a hard walk. So that was the last time she was actually ever seen alive. She had made a reservation at the Doe Dodge Lodge, <laughs> but she never checked in. That led police to believing that something happened to her like that actual day. When she failed to return home that following Monday, like she had promised her daughter, which would have been November 19th, her longtime partner reported her missing. Oh, her poor daughter. I know. Imagine having that conversation with your mom and then it actually happened. And they were joking, like, of course I'll see you Monday. The following day on November 20th, the police located Louise's car at the Glen Falls parking area. That was across the street from the Lost Pond Trailhead, November 22nd, which would have been Thanksgiving Day. That's my brother's birthday. Really?
0: November 22nd.
1: Okay. Was his birthday on Thanksgiving? It, it's 2000? on
0: Thanksgiving every so
1: often. Yeah. So that yes. would have been that time. Some hikers found her body only 200 yards from the Glen Boulder Trail, they assumed she must have decided to take instead of the Lost Pond. So they were looking in the wrong area because they assumed she had gone to mm-hmm. Lost Pond.
0: Or what if she, I mean, probably you're going to say this later. What if she had gone to Lost Pond? Someone did something to her and took her.
1: Could be, day. could yeah. be. They they thought that maybe she had just decided like, I want to do something a little bit more. I want to head up this way. Sure. But here we go, people. This is how you don't die out there. And I'm not victim blaming at all. Okay. This is just one thing I'm saying is it's really important to tell people where you're going when you're hiking alone. If you make a last minute decision, and I know that maybe cell phones weren't as much of a thing in 2001, 2001, I I had a cell phone that lived inside a desk. (laughs) It never came
0: out. It never got turned on. And who knows,
1: you know, but and of course, I'm not saying because I've done this a million times. I've made, you know, changed my mind and gone this way instead of that way. But just always better to say, you know what? Or let somebody know I'm actually going to take this trail. So if I don't come back. That uh -uh." reminds me of that guy from the movie. I can't remember his
0: name offhand, but 127 Hours, who went hiking and then fell in the boulder. And he had to like
1: cut off his hand.
0: I'm sure we're going to cover that at some point because that's some that's like arm versus boulder
1: right so the hike she had chose if indeed she did choose it was a little more difficult and it led towards are you ready are you ready oh my god it led towards mount isolation <laughs> why <laughs> mount isolation yes megan mount isolation i feel like we need to have a list of these like really depressing right? sad names of areas and just like come on can we just pick we just... Let's petition to change some of these names.
0: <laughs> I want to know the stories behind the names, you know? Like yeah. what Mount Isolation? Did you Mount like Isolation. I'll All see. right.
1: So I wrote Mount Isolation cheese. <laughs> <laughs> So she uh, she had when she was found, she was found that she had multiple stab wounds um, and clean sliced wounds on her body, whatever that means. Like a like non superficial kind oh, of okay. clean slice. Like I would think like with a box cutter or some sort of really sharp. I'm not I'm not sure. That's just what I read. That yeah. Her body was found a week after authorities thought she had died. Oh, so um. at that point, because of She had been outside exposed to the elements. It was hard to for them to get a lot of forensic evidence. They definitely the coroner ruled her death a homicide. Her body was actually found in a clearing about 100 yards off the trail. Mm. And it looked like she had been missing her backpack and her keys were stolen. But they didn't steal her car because they had found her car. Uh, it was it was weird what they took so they thought maybe they took her keys and rifled through her car oh okay maybe but didn't take the car mm-hmm. really unclear and she had she actually had two backpacks probably one with her overnight stuff what she was right. going to take to the lodge and then the one she took on the trail so the the larger of the two backpacks was gone but her hi- her hiking shoes along with her water and some chocolate we're still in the car. I feel like her and I would have gotten along. I feel like I have chocolate yeah. with me most of the time. If you just uh, like for your hike, you're after this hike. Yeah, you know, a
0: lot of people are like, I'm going to have an orange. I'm like, I'm going to have some
1: chocolate.
0: <laughs> I'm going to need like five thousand pieces of chocolate.
1: Yes, and some wine for sure. In one of the articles I read, her poor daughter was quoted as saying, "I was thinking it was like a bad dream or something like that because for me it was just not reality." That's so sad.
0: I can imagine like, you know, if she's really close with them, it would be that Monday and they're like, oh, she's going to come in the door any second now. She's just playing a joke on us or, you know.
1: Yeah, that it just couldn't be. Right. It couldn't be real. Officials said all evidence indicates the the attack was random and that the killer was likely someone from the area whom Louise didn't know. Hmm. And those random attacks, it's really hard to track down who did it. Yeah, I can't imagine. So this is and while investigators said like 10 years after her death that the case still has some direction, but they haven't been able to identify her killer It's still an active investigation. Friends and family members do return to the area where Luis was killed every year just to hope for justice and closure. As far as I know, the the investigation is being handled by the New Hampshire cold case unit Okay. Um, because that was the on the site instead of, you know, if you have any information about the murder, they're asked to contact the New Hampshire cold case unit mm-hmm. and we'll put that information on our website yeah. too. So no Mounties. No Mounties. I mean, as far as I know. Right. But sure. I, you know, there was a lot, there were a lot of website. There was a lot of information in French. Mm-hmm. And for, you know, obvious reasons, I, <laughs> I don't have that information, but there might have been something. Sure. So, but we'll have a picture of her and we'll have this information on our, on our website. Who knows if somebody out there knows something That is another one of my hopes on some of these unsolved cases because there's another one coming up, too, that is just heartbreaking as well. And you never know. The more people listen. The more people listen, the more you get the information out, you just may, you know, help the families of the victims Mm -hmm. get some closure. Mm -hmm. So putting that out there. So the next uh, terrible this one's so terrible, Megan. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Just going to take a sip of water here and get This prepared. is the one that on some of the sites, they didn't have this one listed, but on another one they did, which is what brought us to from 12 to 13. Okay. This is really nationally known. I'm pretty sure other podcasts have covered it. I know it's been on um, some shows on ID or, you know, it's been covered quite a bit. Uh So you may have actually heard of it. Uh, This is the 2008 murder of Meredith Emerson because she was kidnapped and then murdered from Blood Mountain, Georgia.
0: Oh, well, I know about Blood Mountain. Right. I don't recognize the name, but probably because we were out of the country.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Probably because we, yeah, we weren't. Not we to weren't sound there.
0: bougie, that was that's just peace corps time. Well, post peace corps time,
1: post peace corps time, still out of the country, but yeah, completely, not bougie, completely detached. Yeah, from just not all following news. the yeah. the news or any kind of yeah. information coming, but. So, well, I'll fill you in on this terrible case. Meredith was born in Charleston, South Carolina on June 20th, 1983. Gemini. She was actually raised in Holly Springs, North Carolina, which is a suburb of Raleigh. You needed, I didn't know that, but. Raleigh. Raleigh, sorry. (laughs) West Coast. (laughs) And. She also lived in Longmont, Colorado. She actually graduated high school. And I don't even know how to say this. N-I-W-O-T. Niwot, Niwot High School in Colorado. And in two, 2005, she graduated with honors from University of Georgia with a bachelor's degree in French. Oh, UGA. And she was also given the Cecil Wilcox Award for Excellence in French. Oh, wow. That's cool. She was real good. She actually studied abroad Mm -hmm. and she became fluent. That was her plan was to Mm. go either live abroad and teach English or in some way to use her skills for translations. On New Year's Day, 2008, Meredith took her dog, Ella, who was a cute little black Labrador retriever mix. They went on a hike to Blood Mountain and she had written a note to her. Okay, right now, Megan is giving me these really sad eyes about the dog. So Megan, just hang on. You have to stick it out. Okay? I might get a little teary. I'm okay. All right. I think I saw. Yeah, water. <laughs> her eyes are watering right now. It's a thing. It's a thing. This this hike to Blood Mountain was actually located along the Appalachian Trail, which mm-hmm. is why I included it in here and it's included on other sites. So this is something she did all the time. She had a roommate. She left her note like taking Ella for a hike, you know, see you later. But as much as they, she was a seasoned hiker and they did this all the time, that day things went terribly awry. Another hiker and former police officer had reported along the hike that he had found a police baton, two water bottles, a dog leash, and canine treats abandoned at a spot along that trail. And it looked like it had been disturbed. Earlier, he had seen an older gentleman, or I'll just say an old creepy ass guy, holding that same baton. He had seen Meredith had her dog on the same leash. I think it's his former cop brain, you know, Uh, that picks up on these details because I'm not sure everybody would pick that up. No, but really good information because he's been to probably to enough crime scenes to be like or enough, you know, areas where something's happened that he can say this doesn't look right. So he definitely noticed that Mm. another eyewitness and hiker had seen the same old man waiting impatiently for people to leave an area. And I think it was that same area or nearby. This old man had been seen hiking with Meredith earlier. So these are all eyewitness accounts. Uh,
0: how do you how do you determine if someone is waiting impatiently? Was he like clicking his fingers on the baton is he like tapping his foot a bunch
1: i think you can just tell that somebody is looking around in a panicked way or looking weird you know and why because when people hike they're hiking they're moving yeah. on a trail if somebody's just standing there watching people and looking weird and creepy which he does and we'll post his picture and he is a creepy ass guy then you'll you'll see that he would have it would have stuck in your brain to been like, why is this guy not hiking? And he's just standing there looking around. Right. Like he's impatiently waiting for the coast to be clear. So, and they may not have, they may have just like kind of noted it like in their brain. But when this all came up, they're like, wait a second. Yeah. There was something. When Meredith did not return the next day, Her roommate called uh, Meredith's boyfriend and he went straight to Blood Mountain. He looked around and he was hoping for the best. He thought, well, maybe she ended up like she got snowed in because the weather was getting bad and she Mm -hmm. stayed the night somewhere. So but her car was still in the parking lot untouched. Right then he called the he called the police and reported her. What time of the year is this again? It was New Year's Day two thousand eight. So yeah, the weather had started getting a little a little bit bad. So he reported her as an overdue hiker. Well, that's what the police called out. Mm. By the next day, it was like blowing snow, like temperatures are in the single digits, but hundreds of volunteers showed up to help search. There were hundreds of volunteers. A lot of them were hikers from Mm -hmm. the area and there were 19 police agencies that came. I'm
0: just now remembering that I was actually in Atlanta for New Year's 2008. Really? Visiting my mom. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember this because I probably wasn't watching the news, but it was unseasonably cold for Georgia. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then again, in 2009, there was actual snow, like, like, S- more southern side of Georgia.
1: Right, right. Yeah. So, so yeah. apparently the bad weather, it didn't stop anybody because they wanted to find her. Right. They searched the the trail. They searched her car. They pulled her phone records. Couldn't find anything. Helicopters went out to expand around the area. Everything failed. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation was brought in. And at that point, they realized she had been abducted. Here we go. Meredith had actually encountered who, this guy known as the National Forest serial killer. Six <gasps> (gasps) 61-year-old Gary Michael Hilton. Apparently, he had this golden retriever named Dandy. And he used that because she had her dog. And he used that to win her trust. Mm -hmm. And she hiked along with him for a bit. But then she passed him. It said because she was a good hiker and he's an old guy. But I think she was just like later she probably maybe she had a gut feeling or something yeah i'm sure i would be like i don't want to hike with this freaking guy i mean okay cute dog gotta go don't want to hike with you you're giving me the creeps for sure and i would have just been like full speed Mm -hmm. i would have it right out of there (laughs) woman on a mission yeah that is what we call woming people. When when you see a lady walking quickly in a direction and like her head is way far forward yeah. like from her feet and there's like intent there. Yes. Yeah. I would have womed my ass right away from this creepy guy. On her way back down is apparently when he attacked her. He mm. hit her, blackening her eyes and possibly breaking her nose because in his words, she would not stop fighting. Let me tell you about Meredith here. Meredith was had studied two different forms of martial arts. She was strong and she was a badass and she fought like 100%. And that's why there was like A scuffle in the area and shit was everywhere. Hilton later had told the Georgia Bureau of Investigation Mm -hmm. investigators, I'm going to say GBI. Yeah, that's good. Because it's a little bit easier. But he told GBI investigators after his arrest that um, during the scuffle, he also broke his hand and that she fought very hard and that's why he had to subdue her. She almost got away at that point, but Mm -hmm. he pulled a big ass knife. And somehow got her subdued, probably threatened her dog or something yeah. horrible. Who knows? But he was able to get her and her dog in his van. All the while she's in his van and she was with him for three, almost four days. As he's keeping her in the van, uh-huh. she what he wants is he said, I just want your ATM card or your bank card and I want the pin." He was basically just trying to get money from her. To rob her. To rob her. And so because she was being held hostage she kept giving him the wrong pin number and telling him no it's right no it's right and he kept trying because she was thinking this is buying me more time for people right. to find me like somebody's going to find me somebody's going to catch this guy especially the bank would be notified if somebody keeps using a card mm-hmm. you know with a different pin number at different uh locations so
0: oh like he would try to go into an atm oh i see like different mm-hmm. atms okay mm-hmm. to to use it you know, there's one thing where someone had put online like, oh, if you have them put in your PIN number backwards, like it'll notify the bank that your card's been stolen. But that's bullshit. I mean, there's no difference. I don't think the bank actually, they'll have their record. There's no SOS signal. Yeah, there's no SOS signal. So That would be cool
1: if there was. But then that's I think, true. but then I, I wonder if whoever was trying to steal it from you would catch know on. Well,
0: at some point. Yeah. You could never have like a universal SOS number because then everyone would Like know they it. put
1: in the SOS number and then like a big net drops on top of them, like Scooby-Doo and catches them. Yeah. I would love that.
0: I do like that she was using it to like stall.
1: Yes. Yeah. Right. So she she did her best to try and stall it. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, the investigators, as much as they were trying, they could not keep up, catch up. On January 3rd, the police held a news conference about the abduction. Mm -hmm. So remember, this is on uh, January 1st. Right. When she was abducted. abducted. So this is January 3rd. A businessman called in on the tip line. It gives his name, but I'm not going to give his name. I'll just call him a businessman. He identified the murder after seeing the story on CNN. So Mm -hmm. good job, CNN. There we go. He told authorities that this creepy ass guy, Hilton, had done some work for him and his company. And because of that, he had all of his information. He even knew his type of vehicle, the van he was driving and his license plate number. So he gave all of that. And even the name of his dog, like he had everything. Man. And so that data was immediately given to the GBI and they put a Bolo out on Hilton. Be on the lookout <laughs> in case somebody didn't know. But I think we Just all know so Bolo. Knows. Yeah. Bolo. Yeah. Bolo, APB. Yes. GBI. Come on. We all watch like <laughs> all the things, all the police shows. This man had later received two more calls from Hilton, one on his cell phone, another from a pay phone. And it was Hilton was asking for money and he asked him to leave a check at his place of business. And it seems like that at this point, this businessman was a little bit frightened of him. And so he was passing all this information over to GBI. But unfortunately, it didn't. They just were like, two steps behind, behind uh, where Hilton was going. So also after all these attempts at him trying to access Merrillist accounts at different ATMs, they actually went to her bank and tried to get that information, but it was still like a little bit too late. And if they had been able to get it, you know, on January 3rd, she would have still been alive. Another fact is that Hilton later testified that law enforcement officers drove by the location he had chosen As a site to kill her, but nothing transpired, probably because he was like, well, never mind. So Mm. he did, um, unfortunately, proceed to kill her, although he claimed that it was difficult because they had spent some good times together, in his words. That guy. Yes. They had spent some good times together? Mm -hmm. All right. On January 4th, uh, Hilton took meredith to dawson forest and told her that she was going to go home he secured her to a tree walked back to his van to collect himself and make coffee and when he returned meredith said i was afraid you were she said i was afraid you weren't coming back according to him
0: yeah no
1: but it may have been that she was worried no one would ever find her and she would just rot on a tree sure who knows he said he walked behind her and hit her several several times with the handle of a car jack On her head? On her head. Okay. And that's how she died. Oh, no. During his confession, Hilton said he planned all along to kill her. He's quoted as saying, I'm going to tell you right now, there was never any plan to let her go. He told investigators he targeted her because she was a woman out walking alone, but he was unable to kill her dog, so he set the dog free. Acting on a tip, the Forsyth County law enforcement found bloody clothing, Meredith's purse and wallet, men's boots with blood on them inside a dumpster. And then Ella... The sweet little, her sweet little dog was found wandering in a parking lot of the Kroger across the street. Oh. So they did get her that same day at a Chevron gas station, a very freaking awesome clerk called the police and was like, Hey, the guy you're looking for is out, is here cleaning his van because he had seen him on TV. Mm-hmm. And so the police like blasted over there as fast as they could. And they caught him right before he got the bleach inside his van. Oh man. I well, know, at right? that... So it was pretty quick. So yeah. crime scene Alice, um, they got the blood evidence. It matched, unfortunately, with Meredith's DNA. Mm-hmm. And he was arrested and charged with her murder. He pleaded guilty to kidnapping and murder and was spared the death penalty as part of a plea bargain because okay. they wanted to know where her body was. Okay, That was that, that was the agreement. Yeah. So he agreed and he made a map and he's like, here she is. And so on January 6th, two days after he was arrested, um, they went out and he told us she was not buried and that she was under some leaves and brush. And so they went down and he said he had washed her down with Clorox and water. The lead investigator, this guy, John Cagle, said that he remember asking if she was intact or not. Meredith's body was found (sighs) deep in the woods, like I said, of Dawson's Forest. And as they had been told by Hilton, she had been decapitated. Why? Why would they decapitate her? I don't know, but you'll soon see this is a pattern. Because when they went, they they found her body, but they hadn't found all of her remains. They had to take him out to the forest, and he's about an hour away from mm-hmm. where part of her was. They found, he pointed out the rest of her. And this guy, this lead investigator was like, basically like, get him the <laughs> out of here. I, I
0: hate when they take, especially serial killers. Mm-hmm. You think about like Ted Bundy, stuff mm-hmm. like that. They take them out to like oh, show us where it is, and I hate that because I feel like on some level they're enjoying it. Th- right. there's there's an enjoyment in it's that. It's like
1: how they say that you know a lot of killers will when the police show up to a crime scene they'll be standing around as like one of the yeah. like onlookers. But yes. so they always study the crowd. 'Cause they get a sick thrill out of it. Right. Yeah. Mm. I think that's why he was like, just get him out. Cause yeah. he just was didn't want him around. He just was like, he needs to go be locked up forever. Yeah. We don't need to see his ugly face. They soon found out that he had five other victims. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, four other victims. And she was the fifth. He had been on a spree and apparently it was really just to get people's bank cards and get money from them.
0: But then he would kill them?
1: Then he would kill them. So the first That they know of was Mm -hmm. in 2005, Rosanna Miliani, she disappeared hiking. And these were most of them were all hikers in Mm -hmm. Bryson City. A witness told police that um, she came into their store and was very nervous with an older man that looked to be in his 60s. The person from this store said they just bought some clothes. They said the guy said he was a traveling preacher. So they later found out that this jackass Hilton stole her bank card and was trying to use it. And she had died from being beaten to death by Hilton. The next was in, so that was in 2005 and in 2006, This one's so bad. He abducted 46-year-old nurse and Sunday school teacher Cheryl Hodges Dunlap. He did this by slashing her tires and then offering to help her on the road. Mm. But he had been stalking her. This was well planned
0: out. That's why you run over a nail, blow a tire, whatever, Mm -hmm. call emergency services. There's like a there's like a non-emergency, you know, I mean, like or like
1: AAA, yeah, AAA yeah, Exactly. Don't, don't rely on the kindness of a stranger. Which I have totally done oh. <laughs> before in my life. I mean, this was like pre-cell phone. Yeah. And I was just like, please, I won't pull over. <laughs> <laughs> so I've taken help from strangers. But now. Luckily, I'm still here. Alive. Yeah. Yes. Like I said, he kidnapped her and ended up decapitating her, <sighs> leaving her body. in the. this is in uh, Florida. So maybe you're familiar with this one. It's the Apalachicola National Forest. Apalachicola? Is that it? Apalachicola National Forest. Surveillance cameras captured a masked thin man using Dunlap's ATM card on three separate occasions after her disappearance. Mm. And there's a picture of that with like a mask on at the ATM. And it's so creepy. Let me tell you. The next was a married couple in their 80s that just love to hike. It was John and Irene Bryant. Why? And this was on October 21st, 2007. They found the body of Irene Bryant a little way from the couple's car. He had kidnapped the husband, John. The couple had disappeared after taking a hike in the Pisgah National Forest. Uh, John was found later and said to have died from a gunshot wound to the head. Again, trying to steal their bank cards and get money.
0: Ridiculous. And I
1: feel like everybody would have just been like, take it. Yeah. Here it is. Go away. Just leave me alone. Right. Like why he has to murder and mutilate people is over an ATM card over money. It's just... I can't understand. The last victim before Meredith, because Meredith was his last victim. Thank God Mm. he was caught. Uh, Michael Scott Lewis Uh, on December 6, 2007, his body was found in Tomoka State Park near Ormond Beach, Florida. He was Mm. also found decapitated and dismembered. Terrible.
0: I'm super surprised he didn't kill her dog, Ella.
1: Well, let me I'll get to that. Okay. He was sentenced to death in Florida for the murder of Cheryl Dunlap. This was after he was already sentenced for Meredith. Mm-hmm. So that was um in 2013. So when he was also given four life sentences in North Carolina, the sentence, um, the death sentence in Florida came for the Cheryl Dunlap, the nurse, Mm -hmm. was that that was in 2011 and then four life sentences in North Carolina for the other victims. Here's the thing is this is what he told his defense attorney. If he had not been caught, he would have continued to kill because he said that after he was finished cleaning his van, he was heading to the Atlanta area mall to search for more victims on that day. So it was said that he had, a, you know, a shitty childhood, but it wasn't mm. like that shitty. But he was never able to connect with people. He just loved dogs and was able oh, to connect, with, connect dogs. with dogs. So that's why he had a dog that was kind of his companion mm. and he wouldn't kill uh, of this right. Yeah. So I guess small miracles, but still it's really, really and there sad. There
0: are plenty of people who have emotional trauma in their childhoods or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, who don't murder people.
1: Exactly. A lot, like a lot of people who have that. So, and they don't yeah people. So there's, you know, there's just got to be, I mean, these people are sociopaths. And I mean, there's mm-hmm. a lot more to it than just having a shitty upbringing. Yeah. Here's another little good news about his golden retriever, Dandy, who did nothing to anybody but be a sweet golden retriever. Actually, one of the Dawson County um public defender's took him and kept him. And you know what? They said that they renamed him Danny because there were people like threatening the dog's life. No. Yeah. It's just a little dog. It's just the dog because they wanted Hilton to hurt Mm. because they knew that's all he cared about. Mm. And they wanted him to feel some pain that they had felt. So they're like, we're going to do something. But luckily the the dog was okay and lived out its life. That's good. I think died a few years ago. That's Oh, and the sweet Normal. golden yeah, just retriever. A sweet golden retriever. I mean, Aww. come on. Um, Emerson, uh, Meredith Emerson's friends formed a right to hike in her memory, and it's an annual hike that they do every year. And they also held a final Ella's run at the Gwinnett Environmental and Heritage Center, cool. where she would walk her puppy Ella. Oh, that's sweet. And and something that they encourage on Ella's run is for people to bring their dogs. Yeah, because she would have just loved that. Yeah. The University of Georgia also created the Meredith Hope Emerson Memorial Award for students who would like to study abroad. Oh, wow. So because that's something she did and it really helped her and was a Mm -hmm. big experience, you know, in her life. So that's something that they did in her honor. And her parents really love that. Yeah. Also, 12 years later, after her death in 2020, so just last year, Mm -hmm. the lead investigator on the case, John Cagle, wrote a detailed account of Meredith's um, case called Those Days in January, The Abduction and Murder of Meredith Hope Emerson. In an interview, he stated that the hiking community, especially the Appalachian Trail hiking community, have a network to communicate. When she was reported missing, apparently the word went out and we had hundreds and hundreds of volunteers show up, help search for her. You saw a lot of good happen, even though it was a bad thing. Just a lot of good people wanting to help. So, I think that's kind
0: of the theme for these three episodes for us is that like this shitty, shitty stuff happened, but the the survivors and the people around the victims mm-hmm. got together and and did some shit that was really good.
1: And what a really supportive community of hikers there are, especially yes. along the Appalachian Trail, and people who have done it or hike it regularly mm-hmm. that they always pull together. And they call it a uh, tramily, instead, like oh, a trail family. That's super cute. Yeah. Well,
0: and it's it's love of, honestly, it's love of nature. Yes. Being outside, yep. communing in nature. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful.
1: Yeah. So another thing um, he also said of his book is that he really struggled with the case like a lot of investigators have. Yeah. And he said, I thought it might be the kind, kind of therapeutic to write about it. And so far, so good. I'm getting a good response from folks. A lot of officers and some of my former agents have called me to say they felt the same way.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. So I yeah. think for
1: him it was his last case before he retired and oh. his toughest case. So he wrote this book in the memory of her and also to help other people, other police officers, or get get through similar yeah. situations. But anyway, you can. It's on Amazon, so you guys check it out. Um, I can. We can post the title of it again, but it again it's those days in January, the abduction and murder of Meredith Hope Emerson I wonder by if John Cagle. I wonder if it's on Audible. I checked if it was on Audible, <laughs> and it's not. So come on, Audible, let's do this. But it just came out in 2020, <sighs> right? So right, right, right. One thing I want to mention about this case mm-hmm. is I focused on Meredith, but this is a serial killer case, and I did talk about br- very briefly all the the victims, but this is this is a big huge story. And so yeah. if you want more details, for sure, look it up. There's lots out there. And I'm pretty sure it's been covered, like I said, um, in a lot of different shows and other podcasts. So mm-hmm. definitely go out there and get more details. But I just wanted to focus on Meredith because, well, you know, it falls in line that she was on the trail, but yeah. also she was just an amazing person. Yeah. And I love that she fought so hard. And if only and I think that's the, the hardest part for the investigators is they were so close.
0: Yeah. Anyway. In the end, they got their man, though.
1: In the end. But that's right, because she was able to fight him off for a few days and they were able to get right on his tail. They caught him before he could kill others. Mm-hmm. And her dog was OK. And her dog was OK. Yeah. So her <laughs> poor was... family, though. But I'm sure, you know, at least... We can know that this guy is never going to see the light of day. Oh, one yucky thing that I read about him that his lawyer had said is that this is exactly what he wanted. He actually had been so supposedly he was um, diagnosed with MS. Mm -hmm. And so he was just like, I don't give a shit what I do. And if I get caught and I go to prison, because as long as I have my cup of coffee and a newspaper every day, I don't care where I'm at. Wow. Wow. His end game was really—he was fine with going to prison, and that really pisses me off.
0: Yeah, that's do something else to go to prison. Don't don't murder people. If you want to go to prison, like rob some banks. Yeah, rob a bank. Yeah, you get if you want money
1: and you want to go to prison, rob some <laughs> banks. Listen, if you want to go to
0: prison, just carry around. Not l- that
1: we're condoning robbing banks. <laughs> right.
0: At all. But if, if you really want to go to prison, just carry around a little baggie of weed. <laughs> and you'll get like. In the wrong state. 50 in the wrong state. <laughs> right. Also be the wrong color. Oh, God. <laughs> and yeah. you'll get a fucking life sentence. So.
1: There you go. I mean, anyway, OK, that was <laughs> tangent.
0: little soapbox. All right.
1: We have two more to go unfortunately. All right. But we're almost there. Hang with me, Megan. (laughs) We're almost there. The next one happened in 2011. Scott Lilly. He was 30 year old from South Bend, Indiana. Scott's plan was to hike southbound from Maryland to Springer Mountain. Springer Mountain. Georgia. Yeah. But he never made it. One of Scott's interests, and this is a big reason why he wanted to do this. He was super interested. He was like a history buff really into the Civil War history. And he, that's what brought him to Virginia and to hike that trail starting on June 15th, 2011. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: He went by the trail name because they all have trail names, which usually you can give yourself your own, but sometimes other hikers will give it to you. And his was Stonewall. Oh, like Stonewall Jackson? As in, yes, Thomas Stonewall Jackson, who was the commander in the Confederate Army in the Civil War. I was going to say. Just Stonewall. He died from friendly fire in 1863. Coming across the border from uh, Clarksburg, West Virginia. That little history.
0: Yeah. That seems like kind of a downer trail name.
1: Um, Yeah. He started his journey down the AT as a path for self-discovery, finding himself and visiting Civil War battlefields. So remember, he started his hike June 15, 2011. Uh And the last time anyone saw or heard from him was around the 31st of July. When he climbed what they call the Priest, which is a 4,063 foot mountain in Nelson County, Virginia. And the Appalachian Trail crosses that. So if you do the trail, you got to do that. That Just FYI. Sounds like fun. (laughs) (laughs) He had stayed at the Priest Shelter, which is about half a mile east of the trail along the Old Hotel Trail. And that, for people who would know, which we don't know, but it loops around and rejoins the AT again about two miles north. The shelter and the hotel trail is about almost 17 miles, which is, according to this, was an average day's hike. And then there's another shelter called the Cow Camp Gap Shelter. And that's another half a mile off the trail. It's down that hotel trail. Anyway, so what they're saying is he probably wanted to camp at the Cow Camp Gap. That's a lot. Shelter (laughs) with the next day's plan of hiking uh, four miles to the US 60 and hitch a ride into um, this popular trail town called Buena Vista, Virginia. And people go there to like resupply and right. phone calls and stuff.
0: At least that shelter sounds more happy. It's not like a dead cow. cow. It's Yeah, it's not a dead cow. Yeah, camp. it's
1: not like murdered cow shelter. <laughs> <laughs> <Anyway>. uh. <laughs> so that was in the last time people saw him was July 31st. That's when he mm-hmm. was last seen. On Friday, August 12th in 2011, a group of hikers came across his body lying in a shallow grave Mm. along a side trail to that Cal Camp Gap shelter in George Washington and Jefferson National Forest. The area is in the Mount Pleasanton special management area. They believed at the time he had been dead around 12 days. And since this was on federal properties, the FBI took over the investigation. Fibby. The fibby one thing that was noted is that his it's a blue or purple backpack and some new trail shoes a nintendo game and a handbook on the trail were gone so those Mm -hmm. are things he did have with him so they weren't with him when he was found um and they're still not sure because you know they didn't have much evidence whether robbery was the motive for the attack right um the FBI offered a $10,000 reward for more information leading to the arrest and conviction of his killer. Um, and the, the investigation, the investigative team included the National Park Service uh, rangers that work around the Appalachian Trail and U.S. Forest Service law enforcement, Virginia State Police, and the FBI. Wow. So they interviewed 83 hikers, main, you know, trail maintainers and other in multiple states, Uh, including long-distance hikers who were known to be in the area around that time. Mm. Uh, The FBI would not provide more specifics uh, about their investigation or anything that had to do with the coroner's report, but it was noted that he died by suffocation. Oh. Yes.
0: I find it kind of hard to believe that 12 days he was there laying in the ground And no one smelled or saw something. I mean, I don't know how cold or hot it gets at whatever altitude he was at, but still.
1: Well, he was a ways off the trail. Okay. And, you know, I mean, I just know from my experience hiking, sometimes you do smell funky stuff. It passes depending on which way the wind's blowing. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think that, yeah, probably a deer died or a pig died or something, you know what I mean? A raccoon. Just something. Yeah. For people who wouldn't know, they would maybe wouldn't maybe like, sure. think something, but 11 days in August, July and August. 2020, which would have been nine years later, despite ex- extensive investigation by the FBI and all these other agencies, they still don't have a, you know any evidence to solve the crime and no one's been arrested. Oh, wow. Uh, an interesting note was in May 27, 2019, another 30-year-old hiker named Chad Austin vanished near Panther Falls, which is just e- east of the Blue Ridge Parkway, which is pretty close to where Scott was found. Mm. They found that his dog had been locked in his car. Hopefully his dog was oh okay, My okay. Which was nearby. <laughs> his wallet was mysteriously found months later. It's like somebody, it didn't look like worn or anything. It was just placed by a missing person's photo. Somebody just placed the wallet there. Weird. But yeah, it was just a few miles from where Scott's Lily body body was found. When they did get the wallet, it had his driver's license and other identification inside. Mm. So to this day, he has not been found. Oh, wow. Could be a connection, Mm -hmm. but there's just Mm -hmm. not enough evidence. There were some articles where they had speculated that it was like Hill people. I don't want to go into that. I was like, no anyway so who knows um (laughs) i don't think that that's you know there it's all speculation at this point because they don't have it's still an open investigation and there is also a number people can contact if they have any information so we can post all this yeah yeah we are now down to the final story final story <laughs> uh, this is really yeah, bad. That was great. That was terrible. Recording. <laughs> I'm all ooh, ooh, ooh. So, this is uh well, I actually have two like notable things to say after this, but this sure. is the final story. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. is again just so f- <laughs> up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, Megan and everyone who's listening, I I, I am sorry, but you know what? (laughs) Just, this is a lot.
0: At this point, it's, I'm just expecting it to be a downer.
1: It is a downer. Yeah. It's always a downer. Well, there is a little ray of light, but mostly downer. All right. So now we're going to talk about Ronald S. Sanchez Jr. He was murdered. He was murdered in Virginia along the A.T., so Ronald, who also went by Ron or Ronnie, I saw it in different places, grew up in Garden Grove, California. Oh, which I think is ju- it's around LA area. He graduated from Santiago High School in 1994, and the following year joined the military, joined the army. He was deployed to Iraq in 2003. 2005 and 2007.
0: I already know I'm going to hate this story yeah. because he served and. In...
1: Yes. He spent a total of 17 years serving as um, an engineer for mm. the Army. Um, he worked on bridges, construction projects, and driving top commanders like around the country. So basically, he went back again and again. So several tours and 17 years man i can't
0: even imagine going you know
1: that many times yeah that's and rough
0: probably he just wants to go hike and well killed him i don't know you're going to tell us the rest but
1: just yeah just hang on he retired from the military in 2011 he went to missouri and he fell into a deep depression mm. His ex-wife stated that he would sleep days and spend his nights watching TV and playing video games. He basically just got out of shape and depressed. And he was really suffering from pretty bad um, post-traumatic stress disorder. He was really struggling. And this is something that makes me so happy because he actually contacted or was told to contact the Department of Veterans Affairs in Oklahoma City. Oh, and he, they had a really good program there for, they had like recreational programs and they really helped vets recover from PTSD. Mm-hmm. And so he ended up moving to Oklahoma, which is uh-huh. my, where I'm from. There were a bunch of, your place. that's yeah. yeah, that's where I grew up and a lot of my family is there. So, so it made me happy. I didn't know they had such a good program, but it makes me happy that they do. That's cool. So he went there and he actually rediscovered his love for outdoors. He got invi- uh, involved in biking. He even did dragon boat racing, which I know you're not sure what that is, but yeah. we do that. Um, <laughs> so anybody who paddles outrigger canoes, mm-hmm. you can get two canoes and you um, it's kind of like they're connected uh-huh. and it's called dragon boat and people like there's a lot of people and they paddle together at the same time. It's really fun. Anyway, he got involved in hiking. And because he had like let himself go and got out of shape, he started kind of feeling better and getting outside and he lost weight. He mm-hmm. got super motivated and they really helped him with like set short term goals little by little that helped him build how he could do on the trails because his knees were really messed up from a couple of surgeries um, from spending his time, his tours over in Iraq. <laughs> yeah, from his tours in Iraq. And he had also injured his back not only was he recovering mentally, he was also recovering physically and this, you know, hiking little by little. And he built his uh, physical body and his mental health to a better place. Oh, that's great. So somebody in his group with the VA had started talking about hiking the Appalachian trail as a through hike, like doing the whole enchilada. He thought that that would be a great thing. And that maybe, um, you know, this distance hiking, He had seen where these neurological studies where they'd seen that doing distance hikes had really helped people recover from PTSD. So he was like, you know, Mm -hmm. I think this is something that I should try and do.
0: Again, yeah, going outside, nature, it's always good for mental health. Right, Mm -hmm.
1: right. Uh, On one of their short hikes, he met his uh, lady named Kelly and they really hit it off. And she, this was in Oklahoma, with an Oklahoma City hiking group. And she really wanted to go on the trail with him, but she was a single mom and she just couldn't be like, see ya kiddos, I'll (laughs) be back in six months. So she instead, she drove him to Springer Mountain and this was in January.
0: Oh, that's cold.
1: That's some coldness. So I don't know why they started so early, but they went to Springer Mountain, Georgia. She took him to the, you know, beginning of the trail and... And then she just like they just kept in touch, and she sent mail um, packages. She mailed them packages of food and gear like along the way. Oh, cute! So I guess they do have like a yeah, system in like place, we like we were, about yeah.
0: In episode three, two. part one, didn't we talk about it? Part one?
1: Um, well, maybe it was part two. Anyway, one of the parts. Yeah, we talked about. I think it was in part two when we talked about Jeff and
0: Molly. Oh, that's right, because that's where we'd have our mom's mail as Cliff Bars.
1: Yes. All the cliff bars, we'd be jamming all the way down the trail. Anyway, it was really sweet yeah. that she would mail him stuff and really kept close in close contact with him. Mm-hmm. A couple of weeks into his hike, he, he thought of the name engineer because that's what he did in the army. Yeah. But his h- hiker friends were like, Nope. That's too boring for you. We want to call you <laughs> Stronghold because of his military experience. That's so cool. And he was so humble and so sweet. He's like, no, that just seems like he didn't want to be like that guy that yeah, yeah. Stronghold, you know, but they that's what they wanted for him. That's a great name. Yeah. At a point, Ronald, aka Stronghold, took a break at a hostel in North Carolina to rest his knees because his knees were really hurting him. And he spent a couple of weeks there and worked with the owner of this hostel for a little bit. And at that point, he was back on the trail. And by mid-April, he arrived in Damascus, Virginia, which is about 467 miles along the trail. Dang. Yep, he's doing the thing.
0: He's doing it.
1: In early May, Sanchez hiked, had hiked to Southwest Virginia about 545 miles into his journey. He and three other hikers had decided to set up camp uh, on the trail in Wythe County, Virginia, close to Crawfish Trail on the night of May 10th the campsite is located in the George Washington and Jefferson National Forest so similar weren't
0: we just there yeah i feel
1: like yeah we were just <laughs> there well at that point this crazy lunatic named James Jordan arrived at the campsite and he was talking to himself
0: mm. immediately
1: you're like nope He sat by the campfire until after dark, singing songs and playing his guitar. After nightfall, like people are trying to go to bed, he began to threaten the four hikers in their tents. He threatened them that he was going to, he was screaming and he was saying he would pour gasoline on their tents and burn them to death. Jesus. So around midnight, they had had enough. Yeah. They're like, it's midnight, but this guy, we just can't, we can't do this. Yeah. Oh, and let me tell you that James Jordan was Mm -hmm. there with his his dog, too. Like all the crazies. these. Well, it's because dogs don't judge. Dogs don't judge. I feel like that's all the only. That's the thing that opens
0: dogs up to abuse and horrible because they if you're feeding them and Mm -hmm. showing them any kind of, you know.
1: They're just so sweet.
0: They're just so sweet. We do It's don't like unconditional them.
1: love. We don't deserve them. So he was there with his dog threatening these poor people. So like I said, around midnight, they were just like, we don't care. Let's just go somewhere and get away from this guy. It's just it was getting to be too much. Yeah. So as they were getting their stuff together, he he had kind of gone somewhere and then he came back. So two of the hikers had already... Run off Like they're like, they packed up their shit real fast and took off because I think they were really freaked out. Yeah. And they headed north. The only two people left back was Ron and another female hiker. Okay. And they were just all kind of happened to be there at the same time, you know, because people help each other right. along the trail. His friends and family all agree that he would have done anything to have calmed down this guy. I mean, he had served three tours in Iraq.
0: Yeah. He I,
1: was pretty well trained to handle any kind of situation. So They feel like that if all the attempts to de-escalate the situation didn't work, he would have done anything he could to have saved or helped the other hikers. And that seems like what's happened. Yeah. And also it was quoted that He, a long time ago, had already come to grips with the idea of sacrifice from his service in the military. Mm -hmm. And somebody was quoted as saying, if God needed someone to step up, it would have been Ron. He is a really sweet guy. As whatever happened, whatever transpired, he tried to stop the situation, Mm -hmm. but James Jordan stabbed him in the chest. Oh, no. And when he was fighting and he was down, then this guy turned his attention on the 28-year-old hiker Kirby Morrill from uh, Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. Kirby fell back and this guy climbed on top of her and started just slashing at her and oh stabbing at her. At some point he stood, he paused and he stood up and she just pretended she was dead. She said it was the longest few seconds of her life. And at that point he started looking for his dog. So I imagine his dog was like freaked out. I'm going to get out of here now, right? Yeah. Like his dog was like, this is not, I mean, we're friends, but this is not okay. Yeah. Like even dogs know bad, Yeah, bad news. So at this point, when he was looking for his dog, she grabbed her glasses and her headlamp and she took off. Oh, wow. She's like stabbed. She's like hobbling to the trail. She turned on her light and she ran six miles across creeks, up and down switchbacks, She had to hold on to her arm because it would barely move. She could barely move it. She had like a lacerated leg. She had blood coming from her face where she had been slashed at and stabbed. And so it was maybe like three hours of this until she spotted a pair of hikers that were camped near one of the major highways and they helped her out. So they called an ambulance um, and then a helicopter came out and they took her straight to a hospital in Bristol, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. She had been stabbed nine times with more than 40 lacerations in the end held together by 51 staples.
0: Jeez, she got real lucky.
1: She got real lucky, but she also, yeah, yeah, that he paused.
0: Well, and that also that he was really bad, apparently at like stabbing to kill. You know what I mean? Well, with the exception of I guess yeah stronghold.
1: well I think it just she was just lucky yeah well just D- super lucky six miles just running Ugh. well she's she's pretty athletic I mean she was really moving quickly down mm-hmm. the trail or I guess up the trail so she she was she was in pretty she was pretty fit Jordan this guy made meanwhile made his way back down the trail and he went approached another set of bi- backpackers that were in their tent and started shouting at them that he wanted a flashlight and they were just like nope they didn't open their tent <laughs> and luckily he just he left he just peaced out he peaced out they never saw him like they didn't see him oh, they just cuz i'm imagining he has blood on him somewhere. i yeah they're probably and they we're going to post a picture of him too and he looks crazy like if you <laughs> saw him you would just be like ah, just like right away <laughs> i would not even at 2:21 a.m. the international Emergency Response Coordination Center contacted Wythe County 911 and informed the dispatchers they had received an SOS from a hiker. That was actually Ron. He got the SOS out before he died. Oh my gosh. I know. By this time, it's six in the morning on Saturday, the following morning, before mm-hmm. they get, the tactical team was able to get to the campsite. Mm-hmm. And by this time, Ron had passed away. Mm-hmm. He had, um, there was a 20-inch knife near his body And uh, there was Jordan's dog was still there. Oh, probably because he was just like, I got to find a new owner. I got to find a new owner. And I feel sorry for this other poor guy. Yeah. And the dog actually led them to Jordan. Oh, my gosh. And that's the way it reads. I don't know if that's 100 percent accurate, but they said that this was Jordan's dog who led them to the suspect.
0: Like he he did kind of like a Lassie action. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. For those people who know what Lassie is.
1: Oh, really? Do you think there's people who don't know who Lassie is? I totally do. But because maybe you are the youngins.
0: Uh, one, when I used to work at this one place with a bunch of young people, someone came in one day and said, who are the Beatles? No. Yes. No. Yes.
1: Did you slap them?
0: I just closed my door to my office.
1: <laughs> at a moment. Just
0: very, you know, slowly. Yeah. And just start playing just Hey Jude you yeah. loud.
1: Yeah. The deputies found blood on Jordan's clothes and arrested him. They're like, you are all crazy looking and you have mm-hmm. blood on you and you're the your dog. So.
0: We have these witnesses, like all yes. the things. Yeah.
1: But it's not that James Jordan was not known on the trail. He was. Everybody had been talking about him. So apparently for several months, there had been like crazy guy on the trail stories. And he had even been arrested in April in conjunction with a bunch of Complaints from other hikers. Mm. So he had harassed hikers in North Carolina and Tennessee. They say wielding a guitar and a twelve-inch knife and <laughs> making violent threats. He's like swinging his guitar around. I'd be more worried about the knife, but yeah. Anyway, and then some things they said machete, but most things they say knife.
0: It's just a twelve-inch knife. That's a. I feel that's like, a knife.
1: Yeah, that's a knife. He had been arrested and Tennessee. But he was released after pleading guilty to possession of marijuana and some other minor charges. He had self-dubbed his name on the trail as Sovereign. But everyone was like, you, Sovereign. So everybody kind of mm-hmm. knew. They'd sent pictures of what he looked like. Everybody knew. And they were watching for him. And actually, Kirby had seen him at some point when she was like in one of the towns eating at one of the restaurants. Mm-hmm. And she had texted a friend being like, hey, that crazy guy's here. And her friend was like, "Haha. ha just stay away don't get murdered oh my god and she's like i feel bad about that now yeah so wait when she when they were at the campsite did she have a cell phone with her i imagine she did but maybe it, was, it just, did just no didn't have service or... i think there wasn't service unless you got along the main roads probably right. I'm I'm thinking but probably I think Ron had some maybe it, like something extra so he was able to at least send an SOS out like some kind of cuz um, I mean he's prepared he well he was in the military guaranteed he had I mean, some he kind served, of knowledge
0: of radios right. and all the things yeah yeah he
1: knew he knew his stuff James Jordan this crazy ass was 31 from West Yarmouth Massachusetts Mm. Um, so he was charged with murder and assault in order to be held for psychiatric evaluation. Because when you see his picture, right. he needs some psychiatric evaluation. We'll There's not tell. anything normal looking <laughs> going on. Like he's got crazy eyes for sure. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> At first, he was deemed incompetent to stand trial. But after psychiatric evaluation, even just last summer, He was deemed competent and the the trial is going to go forward. His defense is going to try to plead the insanity defense at his trial, claiming he has a history of mental illness. And that's the news I saw as recent as September. But I don't know, you know, with the Mm -hmm. pandemic, I know a lot of cases have kind of been on hold. They've been on hold or it's going moving a lot slower, but I'm not sure. I haven't seen anything recent. They have to do them all on Zoom. And as we know, (laughs) can you imagine having a Zoom call with crazy ass face guy. Well, maybe that's why they have <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe that's why they have that cat filter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a cat.
1: I'm not a cat. Oh god, so good. Some things that'll make you feel even more sad about Ron is that These are some from friends. Oh, this is actually from the guy who um, he worked with at the hospital in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. Said he was the sweetest, most compassionate hiker I've ever met on the trail. Rarely have I met a more genuine person. He was a good soul. And from the Oklahoma VA, Ron was a hero in war. He was a hero at the VA and he died a hero on the trail. Kirby actually was like when she was in the hospital she's like how soon can i heal up so i can get back on the trail because she was just like doing she wanted to do yeah. it but realized unfortunately that her wounds were a little bit more extensive than she originally Then she originally it was just mm-hmm. going to take longer to heal but she did end up with some people that were on the trail she did meet them at katahdin at mount katahdin oh, in yeah, Maine, and about. just and then she hiked that summit with them, mm-hmm. but she's vowed to go back and hike do, the trail. The whole thing, full. yeah, and I'm sure she will. There's a whole slew of articles and outsideonline.com mm-hmm. by some other um, authors, and they're just great. There's um, I pretty much all of this came from outsideonline.com. There's one just about Kirby. There's one just about Ron, and there's one just about the crazy ass that. Yeah. Cause this.
0: That's cool. Yeah. And uh, we posted on our Instagram about outside online and also a Twitter.
1: Yes. Uh, so yeah, I, I went and looked at their site. It's nice. It's really nice. And you can, you know, contribute to it. Mm-hmm. And I think that they put out some really good stuff and interesting stories. So yeah, I'm just throwing that out there. I want to just throw in two quick, notable stories that in Do all my it. research, and they'll be real quick. So just, okay. just hold on there. I'm because hold, holding on. this is three episodes in one week, people. Come on. The
0: you stamina. know you don't want it to
1: end. The you, stamina. <laughs> you, you know you want it to go for Honestly,
0: this is just going to be our new schedule. Um, <laughs> what are we going to do? Saturday, Monday, Wednesday. Yes. Just,
1: just go on. Going to town. Definitely his... happening. Yes. We're going to get no. fired
0: from our job. I'm
1: sorry. <laughs> but from now on, it'll just be one a week. Unless we have a short story. Unless we have a short story. Yeah. So not? we're waiting for some suggestions. Come on. Hmm. Anyway, let me get back to our other notable um, incidences along the AT. So this one is really interesting. This is James T. Hams, Hames. H-A-M-M-E-S. Hames? H-A-M-M-E-S.
0: How would, yeah. How would you? Ha- hey, I feel like Hames. Hame would have an I in it.
1: Yeah. James T. Hams. Hams. James T. Hams. I like that name. Or name. Hames. Not sure. Well, this guy had actually, in 2009, he allegedly embezzled more than $8.7 million from Pepsi, <laughs> who he worked for. I love it. He got called in by the FBI and was questioned, and then he just flipping disappeared. He left... Uh, He went to the trail Uh and he just like hit out on the trail for, listen to this, six years. What? From 2009 to 2015. I love it. Yeah. So he was also believed to have played a part in his first wife's death during the summer of 2003. She was at home in uh, their bedroom in Lexington, Kentucky, sleeping alone. The home caught fire.
0: She Mm. was 40
1: years old and she'd been married to this guy, James since college for two for 20 years i thought that it was going
0: to be kind of like a fun you know like living on the trail thing but then the whole wife dying in a fire so i didn't see that
1: he was ever indicted on that i'm not sure because but it was some
0: some suspected
1: some suspicions don't be suspicious
0: don't be suspicious don't be suspicious, don't be
1: suspicious. Here, let's go. In late 2014, there was a hiker who had spent time with. Oh, his trail name was Bismarck.
0: Like Bismarck Key. Uh, uh, or, but do you <laughs> mean like Bismarck, like wherever I, that I really don't is. know, but like Bismarck. The, isn't
1: there a ship called the Bismarck? Probably. But that was his uh, trail name was Bismarck. And there was a hiker in 2000, or 2014 that had watched a rerun of American Greed. <gasps> That's a good one, too. Oh, wow. And it featured this guy. And so he recognized his trail companion and he's like, hey, I'll just make a phone call. <laughs> back. And he called the, the FBI.
0: <laughs> that guy was like, don't be suspicious. So <laughs> yeah, he's all like cha 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 going to gonna the go. phone. I got to go to the bathroom. I uh, just
1: make a quick call. I got to call my mom.
0: She sounds like a guy. But hey, just wait for me you. right
1: here. Right here. Don't, I'm buying you a beer. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, he was busted. And in May 2015, he pleaded guilty to wire fraud in connection with the embezzlement. And I guess when they found him, he had like all this randos like money and cell phones and like computers and stuff. I don't know. On the trail? On He's the just,
0: trail. He just has like, he just has like one of those fishing jackets with a bunch of pockets and it's just like. No, there's a, money there's a, there's a picture
1: of him. I, you, should, you gotta <laughs> post it. Cause it's like uh before and after. So it's like originally when he was arrested or what he looked yeah. like, like clean shaven. Sure. And then his trail. Mountain man guy. Look. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The mountain man look.
0: Slash Peace Corps look. I feel like every guy that we went to Peace Corps with decided to. Grow a beard. Grow a beard and not wash themselves. Ever. Disgusting. Until I yelled at them enough. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) So that's, that was that. And here's the last one. And this one's so sad. I hate it because it's really, it's just really sad. So this is a lost hiker. Oh. Her name was Geraldine Largay. And this was in 2013. Mm -hmm. She's also known as Jerry or her uh, trail name was Inchworm because she moved along, she moved slowly. I feel like I would have something similar. Yes. Like, penguin like i just waddled along or something (laughs) or turtle crab (laughs) so she was 66 years old she was a retired air force nurse from tennessee Mm. and she set out one summer to through hike with a friend so her friend had they had left on april 23rd 2013 and her husband of 42 years george drove ahead of them and he would meet them so he had taken them yeah And then he would keep meeting them at prearranged spots and he would give her supplies and they would hang out. And she was in constant contact with him along the way.
0: That's sweet.
1: Yeah. It was like he really supported it, but he really wanted to make sure she was okay, So he stayed with her. So on June 30th in New Hampshire, her hiking buddy um, had to go home for a family emergency. Oh, no. So it's another one of those. So, but at that point, you know, Jerry's like, I'm I'm doing this. I want to keep going. And plus her husband was kind of like...
0: "There, Like she felt in contact.
1: Yeah, she felt yeah. like she at least had him, you know, mm-hmm. helping her along. So one morning she ventured off the trail in this really, really deep wilderness area that's very dense. She ventured off the trail in what they call a hundred mile wilderness area for a pit stop. So she basically needed to go pps sure she went to use the restroom and when she she, and when she came (laughs) you know I don't say she she (laughs) and when she came back Mm -hmm. she got disoriented and she lost her way oh no and she as much as she tried she I guess she just got you know I easily get lost so I feel like this could happen to me which Mm is why I would never hike you know without somebody or maybe if I if I had a GIS unit our GPS unit that yeah. was really I knew how to use, or because I feel like I get dis- disoriented real easily <laughs> in like places you shouldn't get lost.
0: Yeah, I've been lost in the woods once. Yeah, I was by myself, uh, lost in the woods. That is... and it, there was definitely panic that started happening, yes. and I yes. had to physically like calm. Con- I had to put my take my feet out, you know, just kind of like okay, okay,
1: right. And try to like calm down. And yes. well, so she was definitely got turned around and she ended up going a few miles off the trail. She mm-hmm. kind of ended up going in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. She kept texting her husband, but he wasn't getting anything. Some of her texts said, lost since yesterday, off the trail, three to four miles, call, per- call police for what to do, please. But he never received her texts. So after her husband didn't hear from her, he did call the police. He got yeah. really worried. Unfortunately, she was not found. Oh, no. She survived 23 days on her own before she died of exposure and starvation.
0: Uh, so, And they know that because she stopped texting or?
1: OK, so they did eventually find her body two years later in 2015. Mm. It was found by some people. Um, people out like loggers or for, I'm sorry, maybe like forestry folks that sure. were out. It was three miles from where she was last seen. So uh-huh. she really went in the wrong direction. She was basically all they found was a sleeping bag. Yeah. And they did an extensive search for her, but they just, I don't know well how they missed her. Cause they were saying probably she should have been found mm-hmm. earlier, but it just, it was, the forest was so dense in that area. So she was in a sleeping bag, you know, and that's where they found her body. And she had been keeping a journal the whole time. She had written the letter because she knew. Oh, yeah. She knew that she wasn't going to get found. She knew she was probably going to die. She wrote a letter to her husband. And one of her journal entries or her notes is, when you find my body, please call my husband, George, and my daughter, Carrie. It will be the greatest kindness for them to know that I'm dead and where you found me, no matter how many years from now. That is really sweet. It's just the saddest. So there's a picture of her, too. Because you know what? Let's remember her. Because she was just like the sweetest. And that can happen to anybody. I mean, I feel like my husband has like this inner compass and he never gets lost, ever, never. And he can always find his way back. And I'm the exact opposite.
0: (laughs) Yeah, don't ever go anywhere without him. I don't.
1: I try not to. Anyway, that is it for my stories. We have come to the end of a long journey. We made it. We made it. We made it 2,000 miles. We did worth of we did murder of stories sadness. <laughs> Megan's gonna pick it up for us next week though. Yeah, I hope. I found
0: I found a story that I think it's a survival story. So, but let's uh, just... like, let's just say
1: they did they survive, did and they we have survive. some good survival <laughs> stories here. We do, yeah, 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 for sure.
0: But it's connected to another story we already talked about. So that's fun. great. I'm
1: excited. Always always exciting. To I'm excited these. to take a little break. Yeah, and my next story will also be <laughs> completely different from this. But yeah. I, I feel like it was a good kind of like adventure adventure, I guess. Yeah. We dove into some true crime for yes. those, some, you know, for those listeners who are really into it. And we're going to mm-hmm. dive right back out into some other stuff. And yeah. maybe I did along the way of this research journey. I found some other stories that were so interesting, but also true crimey. But I'm going to I'll just hold those for down the road and cool. we'll cover those later.
0: We're just dipping to like our, our knee.
1: Yes. Into the And yeah. then back to some other stuff. Yeah. So, but I appreciate everybody who followed along. So I have a couple of things. I first of all, want to ask you, Megan. Yes, Jen. Now that we're at the end of this long, arduous journey Mm -hmm. across the AT, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I want to know what would you pack in your emergency preparedness kit?
0: Yeah, so I've had some time to think about it. And, uh, you know, in episode three part one yes uh always a machete we did i mean just obviously there's some obvious things that we we've already Uh, kind of highlighted always
1: have a machete always
0: have a machete right Um, which doesn't help
1: you against getting it doesn't help you much against getting shot that's sure
0: and then also cliff bars for endurance stamina yeah all those cliff bars make sure you're regular on the trail um exactly and then but i think i think the most important thing that you should bring with you which kind of goes along with the machete
1: yes is crazy face oh crazy face
0: yeah definitely you need to bring your crazy face <laughs> <when>
1: <laughs> you, you need go to have the a show. face more crazy than the potential killer. crazies yeah yes yeah I uh, like that with your machete
0: sharpening stone i mentioned <laughs> it in part one sitting outside <laughs> your tent
1: right just, just sharpening
0: sharpening your machete and making and the craziest crazy ass face. face um the other thing what about I, all
1: the other hikers that you're friends with though well they'll well you just, just be like hey i'm gonna do some crazy for right now yeah
0: this guy is crazy I, don't worry i got it i got this you yeah bring your crazy face for everyone else yeah but they'll know your trail name could be crazy face <laughs> now we need to go hike it so we can anyway uh and then i think also just gonna say because this is a long trail you're gonna need at least one other item so we got machete with the crazy face yeah all your cliff bars all the
1: cliff bars and then you're gonna need a trained
0: black bear oh shit a black
1: bear or a grizzly oh
0: maybe a grizzly yeah trained that's better
1: I like the grizzlies because they'll eat you.
0: They will eat you like in I mean, one chomp. We'll definitely talk about that story later.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah. But
0: yeah, definitely a trained grizzly that just comes with you.
1: Because who would f- hang <laughs> around with you if you had a trained grizzly bear at your side at all times? Yeah. I mean, we love our dogs and I know people want to bring their dogs with them, but why not a grizzly? Yeah, why not a grizzly? No one will dare come near you.
0: Yeah. And and the other bears probably won't come near you. <laughs>
1: Nothing will come near you. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. And then you'll have this amazing trained grizzly. Like if they shoot their 22 at the grizzly, it'll just make them mad. Yeah. And then they'll just get eaten. And And then then you just move along your merry way. Yeah. It's perfect.
0: Someone comes screaming for a flashlight in the middle of the night. Just trained grizzly.
1: (laughs) The grizzly sitting there on a log, like reading the newspaper. Oh, excuse me. you need. uh, Hey, you get out (laughs) of here.
0: Oh, you need a flashlight. Sorry, sir. (laughs) Sorry, sir. I ate all the flashlights. Yeah. So that's there you go. I mean, I'm not necessarily for animals in captivity, but you're going to be hiking the trail with no, them. No, it's just you
1: befriended them along the way yeah. and they wanted to come with you and protect you. You break a deal with it's them. It's friendship. You provide them with fish and berries. And then at the end of the trail, you're like, have fun. Have fun at your thing. Mount Katahdin. Right. Are there grizzlies that live? I hope so. I don't know. But, you know, maybe they would befriend another hiker to take yeah. them down. It's, it's like Sherpas. Yes. Like grizzly Sherpas. But only if they wanted to. Right. Yeah. Which I feel like, you know, why not? Mm -hmm. That would be great. So there we go. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy face (laughs) and a a bear, a grizzly bear. A grizzly bear. Perfect. Well, you could always just get a stuffed grizzly bear, not a real one, but you know. Just to scare people. Just to scare people or like, like those poster cutouts. (laughs) And just have it behind you at all times. And when you when you get up in the
0: morning, you just like fold it into a Fold it and thing, put it back. Put it in your pack. Yeah. But
1: you could just pop it up. So wherever you're at, it just looks like there's a giant grizzly. I love it. And you're sharpening. Because if you had a poster pop-up of a grizzly and you were sharpening your machete with the crazy face, I feel like that would be enough to make anybody be like, you know what? I'm just going to go to the next shelter. i yeah. 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 Exactly. Not worth it. <laughs> don't, don't mess around. Don't mess around. Yeah. yeah. With crazy face, grizzly girl. (laughs) Nice, nice pics. I love it. Also, my donation sites for this and the end, there's actually a lot. And I mentioned some along the way and things you should watch. But let's just make it the Appalachian Trail.
0: Conservancy.
1: Yeah, but it's actually um, AppalachianTrail.org. Oh, okay. And that takes you to the ATC. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. And also, as I plugged the outside online, because they had so many great articles and, you know.
0: They seem super cool.
1: They are really cool. It's a really cool site. So that was for my story. What um I think everybody should take a look at and if they feel like supporting, they should. And
0: get her done. Yep. As we had mentioned in the very beginning of this episode, uh, we received, Jen, a listener email. I can't Our believe it. very first listener email. Wow. That is so amazing. Yes. Um, all right. This listener email is from none other than my pipetter friend, <laughs> Christine right. in Honolulu. And she writes, aloha. Oh, aloha, Christine. Greetings to my favorite podcast. Yay. What? Uh, seriously, you two are natural podcasters and I can't wait until the next episode. We can't wait to uh, share that with you. Well, we Christine. have
1: three this week, Christine.
0: And she has been listening along with us.
1: Nice. <laughs> oh,
0: she's the best. Um, I just wanted to send along a plug for my dad's organization in case you were looking for a movement to highlight in an upcoming episode. Awesome. I, and I know about her dad's stuff. Um, when we were working together, it was mm-hmm. like she told me a little bit about it. And then she sent along a link. I'm just going to read the rest of the email. And I'm okay. like rambling now. But, okay. All right. A while back, he wrote Bringing Nature Home, which highlights the importance of planting native plants so the insects have food and in turn, the birds do too. After a decade of traveling and growing quite the grassroots following, he wrote his second book, Nature's Best Hope, as a follow-up. Nice. This is more of a how-to and has lots of hands-on projects that we can all do to help nature flourish in spite of us. In this book, he outlines his idea of the homegrown national park. Essentially, if we all plant native plants in our yards, we will create a livable habitat for animals that is bigger than any of our existing national parks. Wow. He outlines it much better. And then she sent me a link uh, to Homegrown National Park.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Uh, anyone can participate and it doesn't cost a thing. He also has some talks that other people have recorded and put on YouTube. And I actually watched the beginning of one of them. It's really good. Wow. He's He is What's a great his speaker. His name, Jen, is Doug Tallamy. Okay. Um, And actually on that Homegrown National Park, it's homegrownnationalpark.org. Okay. And they have all this information about their team. And what they're trying to accomplish and how to get started and events that might be in your area. So, awesome. yeah, super cool. Um, and I definitely, you know, if you just go on YouTube and search right. Doug Tallamy, T-A-L-L-A-M-Y, like call okay. Amy, but uh-huh. Tallamy. And you go look him up on YouTube. there are like a little short things that he's done, but then also longer talks that kind of go into more depth detail about what, you know, you can do to help this this movement That's so anyway, cool. she says, needless to say, I'm super proud of his work, and I think it's a great organization to support. And I one hundred percent agree with you, Christine. It yes, is... we
1: agree, yes, yes, as soon as Megan told me about this, I was like, we have to put it on the next episode. It's gonna be
0: amazing. mistake. And actually, she texted me this morning. And I think he has a new book that's coming out about oaks. I love oak trees. I love them. (laughs) They're just so beautiful coming out in March. And actually at the beginning of the talk that he gives for this kind of longer YouTube uh, Mm -hmm. link that I'm going to put on our page is uh, he talks about the importance of oaks and then like weevils. Mm-hmm. that lay their eggs, you mm-hmm. know, which burrow out of the oak acorns yes, and then create food and a hole. The little acorn has a hole in it and ants, certain kinds of ants use right. it to live in. I mean, just really highlighting that into the
1: whole ecology. Yeah. It, everything right?
0: is connected. Mm-hmm. It's like the web, right? Right. Like everyone maybe knows about ecology webs, but that everything's connected. There's a purpose yes. that nature has for lots of stuff and that we need to stop getting in the way of it and work with it.
1: Exactly, because it's for our benefit. Right. So. Right. Yeah, that's so cool. Thank you, Christine. Yeah, so good. That is so good. Thank you for being our first listener email. Yes. And for listening to our uh, episodes, I hope you enjoyed it so far.
0: Yeah, I hope we're giving her day of pipetting.
1: <laughs> that's why we're making them so long for you, so you can just pipette and listen yeah. to us for hours and, and hours. <laughs> good times. Good times. So, so I think yeah. that's it for um, our trilogy, uh, which is episode three, which is a, a trilogy. Yeah. So yeah. so good.
0: And uh, we're looking for more listener stories, listener emails, whatever yep. so you want to do. send those
1: to our Gmail at you're going to die out there at gmail.com. That is you. Yes. <laughs> that is you are like Y-O-U-R-E. Yes. Going to die out there just because grammar. Um,
0: but and also... We may or may not have <laughs> claimed the your y o u r just in case, just in case that email. So, because we love you, don't even worry about it.
1: Uh, so you're gonna die out there at gmail.com <laughs> and on our
0: Twitter at you're gonna die Oh, one letter o, 01. I think it's letter Oh, one. Yeah, yes, and also on our Instagram, you're gonna die out there, which Jen, what we almost have a 40 instagram followers
1: that's amazing
0: we're basically famous now pretty much congratulations
1: yeah thank you congratulations as well yeah and you can also go to our website at you're gonna die out there.com yeah oh
0: and we just got put on to pocket casts oh we did yes i added the link to our website it doesn't have a little icon i haven't figured that part out yet so it's just like a little link like a little paperclip sign okay. up on, you know, where we have like our Twitter, Instagram, all of those links. Okay. Um, but it's just another podcast platform. So maybe you don't listen on Stitcher. Maybe you don't listen on Apple Podcasts or Google or whatever. Maybe you listen to Pocket Cast. Yeah. Well, guess what? We're there. <laughs> We're there.
1: So yeah, so Spotify and Apple Podcasts, make sure to subscribe, rate and review because that just helps us out. Oh, and
0: thank you. I saw we had a review written. We did
1: have a review and it was so great. So thank you. Thank you so much. So anyway, I guess that's it for episode three.
0: You made it, Jen. I'm so proud.
1: Thank you. Hey guys, don't die out there. Bye. Bye.
0: You know, well, maybe we could read it for Audible. Audible, listen, we're really good readers.
1: I think you're better. <laughs> I'm terrible. I'm a terrible <laughs> reader, but.
0: But I fall asleep when I read.
1: <laughs> so just like, I are reading and just trail off.
0: <laughs> i a really hard. My son is always like, mom, read me a book. And I'm like, oh, God. And actually, that's why I downloaded Audible to begin with. So, so it, it would read years to ago, your son
1: for you? Yes.
0: <laughs> and I thought people are going to judge me for this, but I don't even care because... I'm
1: constantly silently judging you and it's, it's okay. It's okay.
0: I would lay there. Actually, when he started was learning how to read and I would right. give him the book so he would follow along and then I would just lay there and listen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> My mom had bought me this whole stack of like those small I'm so aging myself right now. Those small 45 records Oh yeah. with books yeah. and so you would play the record and it would read it and it would have the chime to turn the page. Yes. Oh, you I, I still have a bunch but of But I then later had them on tape, so you know, oh, stepped wow. up.
0: You you skipped over the A track.
1: We had eight tracks, but I my mom. That was her, like listening to ABBA and Meatloaf and stuff. So. Oh, Meatloaf. <laughs> so but yeah, so I had them on tape as well later. And well, I think Burger King
0: at one point or McDonald's, one of them did a series of Star Wars. Like you could get the cup, the glasses. I had oh those my for the God. longest.
1: I remember those. Yeah.
0: But then they also did. Um, they had the peanuts. 45. Yeah. I had all the peanuts. Yes. You know,
1: I still had some too up into my sometime recent life and <laughs> somehow or another they broke and i was just so sad i actually and i had et ones yes
0: no oh. the all this every single oh glass series there were smurfs et yes the Smurfs. Yes. i remember the smurfs and i we had all if of them If anybody out
1: there loves us
0: and has one of these amazing yes. collectibles you know they sell people sell them on ebay for so much money we will send you some crazy ass merch i'm such a dumbass And when I was at my mom's, you know, like basically getting all my stuff together to like ship overseas, I was like, I don't need these. (gasps) These are kid glasses. And your mom got rid of them. And we, yeah, gave them to like Goodwill or something. Oh
1: my God. So so some,
0: some Goodwill up near like, I don't know where she was close to that time, like Vinings or whatever. Somewhere in Georgia. Atlanta. Yeah.
1: You, yeah, you lucked out.
0: There's someone lucked out there they're like oh I mean all of them all of them did the only things I kept were the 45s okay that came with I don't think I kept the books just the 45s right so it will chime and you don't turn anything we should listen to one of those <laughs> we should
1: we can put a little sample I have to
0: fix my turntable
1: okay I gotta well, get speakers for it yeah anyway but yeah we digress <laughs>